0: Hello and welcome to the Rathpeekin Pinecast. I'd like to say thanks to everybody for listening so far and for all of your positive comments. We really appreciate them and are glad that you were appreciating the episodes. This week we welcome Dermot Hurley to the interview chair. Dermot has been a pillar in the full back line for almost two decades now. As tenacious in training as he is on the field, we found out about how Dermot came to be at the club, his involvement with the mighty Rebel Wheelers through his daughter Jade, and we hear about an infamous weekend away in Rascommon for the Rathpeekin lads. We also get an answer to a question on everybody's mind. Who does the man that nobody wants to mark in training not want to mark in training? We also would like to thank Dharma for agreeing or being forced into possibly joining us in our Shave It Off campaign. You can find all the details of that on the podcast websites forward slash shave it off. There's a group of us going shaving our heads for charity for Blarney Meals on Wheels and Marymount Hospice. You can donate on the GoFundMe page, or if you want to get in contact with one of us, we would be absolutely delighted. As always, sit back, relax, enjoy your drink if you're having one, and have a good and safe weekend.
1: Ladsha Cheers, lads. Another week. Lads, Cheers, lads. Welcome back to the uh week six. And uh, as you all know, just for anybody new to the pinecast, this is uh or myself, Dinny and Cormac interview uh people involved with Rat Peak and GA, well-known people and and legends of the game. And we have uh another legend of the footballing game here with us this week. Now we have uh Dermot Harley. So, Dermot, how are you getting on? How's um, welcome to the podcast. First of all,
2: well, thanks for having me, lads. I feel uh, very privileged to be uh, invited <laughs> into such an esteemed company that's been on <laughs> over the last few weeks.
1: <laughs> and uh, how are you finding lockdown with with five women? How's that going for you?
2: Well, I, I can't complain. You know what? Um, I suppose I'm lucky. You know, the kids, the kids are a good age. You know, my youngest is now ten. Um, you know, so the minding, the minding, the minding is getting less. Um, I'm, I'm at that age, you know, three, ten to fourteen. Come back in about three or four years' time, and I mightn't be in such good form, like you know, when they're fourteen to seventeen. Uh, you know, <laughs> but at the moment, it's going well. They're, they're, they're missing their friends, you know, and yeah. mad to get back to school. But overall, it hasn't been so bad.
1: So, Dorm, why don't we start off if you just tell us a little bit about yourself, your early days. Where are you from? Uh, your early playing days as well. Um, so why don't you tell us a bit about this?
2: Yeah, I grew up grew up in in, in Roscommon, um, playing with a with a club up there called Michael Glavies. Um, grew up in a, a GA madhouse, you know. Um, my dad, my mom, um, the whole family were are, are, are GA mad. Started off under ten. Um, remember that game still? Uh, the very first game, I think it was against, playing against Ballyharness in, in in the secondary school pitch. No idea whether we won lost. What, what happened but I, I, I do remember playing um, there because it was it was such a big occasion you know the first time playing for for mighty Glavies. Um and played with them right up you know underage all the way up through to minor um, played a bit of junior with them uh, before I went off to, to college but you know still I have the t-shirt on this evening I still have a big growth for, for the club up there you know um, they are a great club. Great club, in fairness, and they're they're senior up there at the moment. Like you know, some some they're nice they, yeah. footballers. Yeah, yeah, a couple of a couple of lads there thereabouts on on the county team. Um, you know. Hmm. But,
3: and yeah. did you, Dermot, would you have uh, had any success uh, with Michael
2: Clavellies as you were growing up that um, you, did you, you know, call? Or um, <laughs> I was kind of a I was the team. The year ahead of us were always very good. The year ahead of me, you know, there was a, a great cohort of lads. I had the the April birthday, where a lot of the lads were the October birthday. You know, the, the wrong the wrong the wrong birthday for, for the year. Um, so I, I was kind of the team that was ahead of me. I, you know, we got to the under sixteen county final. We lost that. Yeah, I'm trying to remember under fourteen, under twelve. I think we uh, we won under twelve. Did we win a county final? But there was a north was common final. I definitely remember winning. You know what? I I I don't have the vivid memories of, of that ages. Okay. You know, um, we yeah.
0: had a very
2: good we a very good team in school. Um, with a lot of the lads, you know, that would have played with with Clivey's as well. Like you know, I remember we, we lost the Connacht final in, in the first year, which was a, rip, a replay, which was a killer. We lost by a point. Like you know, it was. Even to this day, <laughs> 20 odd years later, I still still, still recall it like, you know, more. Jesus, yeah. year, so. mm-hmm.
3: uh, I'll tell you what, it's actually a recurrent theme we're, we're we're getting on the podcast is that it's amazing how people are remembering the detail of matches they've lost. Um, yeah. And it could be 10, 15, 20 years ago, yet it sticks in their in, in their minds very, very well um you know particularly those that they lost so look that kind of brings us on nicely to uh, you and I have a lot in common in the sense that we're from I think it's fair to say the lesser known counties uh, in the country yet yeah, we've both ended up down here uh, in Cork but not only in Cork but in, in And so I kind of have two questions for you on that uh, number one and I think you might have alluded to it earlier how did you actually end up um down in the rebel county and once you found yourself down here, question number two is, how did you end up playing for um, Rap So perhaps you'll, you'll tell our listeners that story.
2: Yeah, yeah. well, I ended up... Um, my good uh, wife, girlfriend at the time, came down to Cork um, for college. Um, so I ended up um, travelling down from Limerick for, for a couple of years, um, chasing her. Um, and then... <laughs> Um, I did, I did, did my placement, my co-op in, in Cork then, um, from, from, from college. Um, and, and Melda had an extra year left to do in college after I graduated. So we came down here for what was going to be a year while, while she you know finished college. Um, and then that turned into two and then turned into three and, and we were living in, in Bishopstown at the time. Uh, and, um. While I was living out there, I hadn't played for a couple of years when when I came to Cork, you know, when I went to college, I stopped playing football and I Mm. met met Jim Curtin inside in in, in town one night and Jim had gone to college with Imelda and uh, Jim says, are you playing any football? And I said, Jesus, no, I haven't been playing for a good while. And he says, come out and play with us. And I says, who's us? and he said, Rat Beacon." I said, Where in the name of God is that? <laughs> <And> I, <laughs> so, so I rocked out. Um, I met Jim at the at the Commons, and, and he guided me up to the pitch, and uh, I tagged out, you know, full of enthusiasm. And Jim comes out, he goes, "I sorry, Dermot, but they're, they're hurling training tonight." I was like, "Oh, for God's sake, like, what am I going to be doing here when you're when you're hurling?" So, I said, "Grand," I went I went out anyway and I did did a few few laps and a few sprints, and he said, "Look." come back, come back. We've heard a match Thursday night. Come back next Tuesday. League match Thursday night will definitely be footballing next Tuesday. So I rocked up again the following Tuesday and Jim had the same apology. Sorry, Dermot, it's hurling again tonight. It's, it's um, you know, so at this stage, I was like, ah, I like this now. I'm not, you know, uh, this is taking the piss here. So, th- th- nothing of it. Next thing I get a phone call, anyway, Dermot, we have we, a, a league game. Um, will you come out? And I said, Oh, no, I hadn't trained like with anybody at this stage, you know? So I said, Right, Grand, Grand. I said, Where's the game on? So he said, It's on. We're playing Valley Hand there on the Tramore Road. And I said, Grand, what time? Seven o'clock. He said, Grand. So I rocked up anyway. And I was working, doing a lot of work for Musgraves at the time. So I was finished work early and I started driving up and down the Tramore Road looking for this pitch. And I was like, I went up and down and. I saw, I saw a green with a goalpost, I said, Jesus, come on, it can't be this place, it couldn't be playing in here. So as time got closer, around anyway, to 7 o'clock, next thing a few cars started pulling up, and uh, um, a few lads got out, and sure, I didn't know whether they were Valley lads or Pecan lads, <laughs> um, but, but sure, sure enough, um, I spotted someone that I'd recognised, and they said, yeah, 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 come on in here with us, anyway, so... That was my introduction to, to football in Cork, was playing Belly behind on the green um, on a I think I don't know Tuesday yeah. or Thursday night in, in a league game. So that was two thousand and three, I think it was. Yeah. So that's going back a few years yeah. now.
3: That's good. I'll tell you, you've mentioned um you've mentioned Horland there a couple of times, right? And we listen, everybody who's listening here probably know Roscommon is not a Horland stronghold. <laughs> yeah, I've probably I've probably seen you score your best point ever. Um, on a hurling pitch <laughs> with a slitter. Uh Perhaps, perhaps you'll tell her, you'll, you'll tell our <laughs> listeners a little bit. it, it, it was actually uh, the hardest I've ever laughed on, on a pitch. <laughs> uh, t- uh, tell everyone uh, about that one.
2: The, the story grows legs. But um, we were playing, we were playing Whitechurch. Um, the la- well, sorry, I say we. The lads were playing Whitechurch and hurling up in Whitechurch. Um, I don't know, some sunny evening, and I hadn't, I hadn't even, I wasn't going to go to it. And then at the last minute, I said, it I'll go up and and, and watch." And uh, the lads hives the bare 15, and, and about five minutes before half time, uh, Richie reared and broke his collarbone. He was in a bad way, you know. So Richie came off anyway, and uh, half time came, and second half, and the lads like, "Look, we stand in. We have to have 15 to start the, the second half, otherwise we forfeit the game." I said, "Grant, Grant, no bother." So took Richie's Hillmiston and Hurley, and mean, trotted up into corner forward, um, and to the second half came along and anyway, I'm sure the geniuses out the field kept poking the ball into my corner sure, the, the young fella cornerback was having a field there left right and center but Jesus the next thing this ball came in anyway and by the grace of God I managed to, to catch it and I got your man the forward the back was right on my case and he went flying out I, I was going running for goal and I was like good God what am I going to do now because there was no way I was going to strike it so I kicked it Kicked the ball, over the bar, and scored a point. It was. <laughs> I'll tell you, but I, I, think I, there was, was, a I was a roar from, from was <laughs> Yeah,
3: I, I was actually on the other corner that day on the on the field, and you're doing show, <laughs> We must have been terribly. badly stuck that day. It lads. reminded me of of. Yeah, we were we were badly stuck. But Dermot's point reminded me of Morris Fitz's one from the sideline with the outside of the boot. Um, it was very reminiscent of that. He struck it sweetly on the outside of his boot. Uh, well, listen, we better, we better put you into the comfort zone and ask you a little bit about your, your football days at Rat Peak. And, is there any particular? You, you mentioned that you came in in two thousand and three, two thousand and four. Um I wasn't around at this time, but I believe we were in a couple of county finals. Did you partake, Were you playing in those? Were you there for those?
2: Yeah, I was. I just played played in both of them. I was listening to, to Brendan talking about these there a couple of weeks ago, like, and, and he summed it up. You know, we 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 avoided the the big footballing teams of West Cork, both years. Um, and we got beaten by just better footballing teams both days, you know. Um, I, uh, I I don't remember the 0-3 game that well. Um, I remember the 4 a little bit better. Um, we were always, both years, we were just, we conceded a couple of goals against Montevideo and We could just, you know, even though we were competitive the whole way through, the goals were, were, were the killers. And St. Mary's then, it was, yeah, we just, we struggled. We struggled, we just didn't have enough, you um, about us and we've good footballers you know those both years but they were just two very strong teams yeah. so, so, also- so there
3: were the uh, the downsides um yeah. uh, of your playing days what were your highlights what matches stick out moments within matches oh, apart from think- that that, uh, that point you scored with in, in the <laughs>
2: playing hurling <laughs> well one of my other most memorable games was the hurling game too when when uh, playing White's Cross up in White's Cross in, in, in November or December time I think <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but anyway but no I, I mean the, 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 the Nemo game um, I think it, was, it could have been our first year up Junior A maybe the second year up and uh I think we bet Nemo something like 5-4 or 6-5. It was, it was a just, it was a dogged, dogged game. I mean, it was just, it, it, it typified everything that was good about that, you know, that team and that group of lads because we were, you know, we hadn't hope. We were those fellas on the Nemo team probably with a couple of All-Ireland club medals in their back pockets, you know? Now, they wouldn't have been, you know, they'd have been the latter end of their careers, but nobody gave us a hope like an in that day. And, um... We just, we just, you know, we stuck in. We were completely up against it. You know, it was constant pressure the last couple of minutes, but I don't know how we managed it, but we did. But uh, yeah, that's that's one game I'll, I'll, I'll never forget.
4: Uh, they must have been raging that day, Dermot, were they? Nemo?
2: Oh, yeah, the, their manager was like a dog. He was even in the paper. I think there's press cuttings after it and giving out about the referee and everything. Like they just, they were, I mean, they'd have been famous to win out the Junior A, like, you know, and here yeah. are these upstarts coming in, like, you know, um, and beating them, you know, so they, they weren't happy. They were not happy at all.
3: Yeah, a lot of players have fond memories of that game. Now, from an outsider who wasn't around, when you see a scoreline of four points to three, you're not exactly running to YouTube <laughs> to get the to get the rerun of it, you know. So it doesn't sound like a classic, but uh, there definitely sounds like one. You had to be there for more so yeah. than anything else. Big time. Big time.
4: Yeah. Big time. You talked earlier Dermot about um, we'll get on to it later on as well, but you talked earlier about chasing chasing your girlfriend now wife around the place. There's a game I remember playing which uh, you were chasing this. Uh, I think it was Liz Meyer in one of the first <laughs> rounds of the competition. <laughs> you you did some of chasing, chasing <laughs> that. There? Can you, can you? Oh, that was fantastic. Sean, Sean will have a you laugh do... over this, but can you describe it for us? Uh,
2: yeah, it was it was a county, it was, it was a junior B county game, and uh, we were, I do to remember where it was, there, but it was a beautiful day, fabulous day for beautiful. Him. I remember it, and uh. The two, you were the other corner that day, Timmy. Uh, at yeah. the corner. And next thing, before the ball was even thrown up, the two corner forwards crossed, you know, and, and <laughs> we gave the nod, like, all right, you take him, I'll take him. Um, and again, um, even, you know, in the 10 seconds it took the referee to throw the ball up, the two boys had crossed again, and you said, right, you take him. And it was the biggest mistake I ever made because I don't think he touched <laughs> the ball the whole game. But he must have ran twenty kilometers in that game and he went up the field and down the field and over and back. And I mean we we won we, we handy, I think, enough that day, the same day, but everybody on the field was just wetting themselves laughing, looking at me running around after this idiot, like you know. Uh, I was
4: delighted. I, I recall being uh, delighted in the first half, <laughs> make, making the right choice. But I, I do remember Dermot, if you recall the start of the second half, uh My fellows decided to have a start following him and running around the place as well, (laughs) and we we both crossed in front of Sean O'Hearn, and Sean is bent over backwards (laughs) laughing well.
3: It wasn't just on the pitch that we were laughing. Uh, I was on the sideline that day. We were we were um, we were managing. I think Roy was with us at the time. And we we were discussing. She's what can we do with, with Dermis man? Will we just uh, will we let him run away? And I was like, no way, this is too funny. Let Dermot keep following him,
2: <laughs> <laughs> which you did. It was it was very well, funny. Which, which, well, because you, you know you yeah. You know, in, in hindsight, uh, I, I wouldn't be doing it now, like you know. But uh, uh, you know, we just we won the game handy enough anyway sure, yeah. it. It, it, was, it was it was it was entertaining the same day you say
4: you wouldn't be doing a no Dermot but rumour has it you're uh, doing an awful lot of running and cycling and swimming and stuff are you you're gonna mad <laughs> into long distance stuff at the, these days are you, what's What's
2: going on there well, 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 well I, I have ambitions Vinny. I have ambitions whether they whether I fulfil them now or not um, <laughs> I, I, well and whether it happens I've signed up for the Ironman and in y'all in, in August um, so we'll see we'll hope you see how things pan out with COVID and all that but uh, what does gonna that entail uh, it's Aram- going to be a new what, challenge what, what does the air Aram- can you
4: describe what it means for listeners
2: yeah, yeah it's, it's a 3.9k swim 180k on the bike and then a 42k run so a full marathon then at the end of it this isn't helping my cause, you know. It's
3: it's absolutely it's phenomenal. In fairness to, to to do that is phenomenal. But just out of curiosity, you know, with 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 lockdown and working from home, does that would that help or hinder your preparations? I wonder. Oh, it's
2: um, absolutely helps in in the sense that I mean, you know, I've I've four girls there, so between. Jade with her wheelchair rugby, then the other three playing, rip, you know, Kamogian football with Rock Bond and athletics with Blarney and Ascara and drama and dancing and everything else. So all that is obviously on hold at the moment. So at the moment, it's making, you know, it, it's. I need I window for me this year, you know, and I'm, I'm taking advantage of lockdown to be honest, yeah. um, mm-hmm. and the fact that I'm I'm not commuting, you know, to and from work. I, You know, during normal times, I'd be up in Dublin at least one day a week. I'd be in England once a month. Mm. You know, so all of that is gone. Mm. So I'm just, you know, I saw an opportunity with with, with COVID that that things would be a bit quieter. And I said, look, why not? And Hopefully it pans out, you know.
4: And how would you train for the three three different disciplines, Dermot? Like three totally different things, really. How would you balance the training or would you be better? I mean, obviously running and cycling is probably easier for you I guess than swimming i don't know tell us
2: yeah i mean i i 4 years ago i couldn't swim two lengths of the pool without you know collapsing in a heap on the side so um yeah you know, there's a very set training plan it's it's all about building slowly um you know it's it's not about uh, you know when you're training for football you're building that super um ex- explosive power whereas for mm. this it's all about going you know long and slow um and, and that's something I've had to, to adapt to now, you know, since Christmas. So my, my training plan at the moment is all about trying to bring down the heart rate, you know, to run at a pace where your heart rate is kept low. And that sounds easy, you know, but when, when you're used to running, you know, you know, at a, at a reasonable pace. And then, you're, you know, when I started doing my, my runs at the beginning of the year, it was taking me like eight, nine minutes to run a kilometer at a heart rate that was, you know, low uh, zone two, it's called. Um, but it's amazing, you know. Even after about three, four weeks, um, I'm down now to about six minutes per kilometer at that same heart rate, you know. Um, so in the space of that few weeks, from eight, nine down to about six, and, and it'll be probably that'll be the target pace for for the Ironman then, about six six minute kilometers. Um, and
4: why, why is that heart rate being so low important, or why that hurts?
2: It it just it allows you to if you go higher heart rate. You're burning, you're burning up all the carbs in your body really fast, all right. And then you're starting to burn fat then there afterwards, all right. Um, and if you keep your heart rate down low, your body burns fat first before it goes into the carbs. So you need to train your body to burn fat basically as fuel, right. all right. Because you have an endless, you know, more more than enough supply of fat <laughs> to keep the body good. for for about, you know. I mean, I'm looking at. You know, about 14 hours going up for that mm-hmm. Ironman, like you know. Um, I'd be hoping, but first of all, hoping to finish, hoping to finish, and then mm-hmm. if I do finish, I'd like to try and get sub 14 hours, you know. Um,
3: well, listen, the best okay, I mean, luck with the yeah, you know, the best luck with it. I, I think, um, there's a challenge there for the Pinecast crew, as do you think we'd be able to do an Ironman between the three? Commerks, of, w- we, we, we wouldn't it do it in the it. You know. <laughs> we, we wouldn't do it in Keen's
1: Golf. <laughs> stop, stop signing us up for things karma. yeah Titty.
3: yeah okay. he's he was getting I'll, worried about his hair already you know? step
4: yeah I'll step back Let's switch gears a little bit we were chatting there a few weeks ago to uh, to Mick and stuff and he you know he had some great insights about inclusivity and diversity and stuff but there's something there that um, I know you're very heavily involved in is the, the wheelchair rugby um, can you tell us about it Dermot because I know you're very passionate about it and it's 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 brilliant stuff that you do there. Just tell us about it and tell us how you're involved in your role and stuff. If you don't mind?
2: Yeah. So, so it's, it's it's a little bit more than just a wheelchair rugby. So my, my eldest Jade, um, oh, about what, what seven eight years ago now at this stage, is, yeah. Um, we wanted to get her in, involved in, in in a sport. Um, you know, she tried um, playing you know soccer and a few other bits and pieces, but they just they didn't they didn't sit with her. Um, so we heard we, we, through Enable Ireland we heard about a club called the, the Rebel Wheelers um, and we brought Jade up to the you know, club on a Saturday morning we brought her up and uh, we were going for a couple of weeks and she was just none of them she was loving none of the stuff they were doing up there you know it's just words it wasn't for her um, and then she went and did the summer camp and she came across wheelchair rugby um, and you know she loved it straight away you know really? um, so it was, and Jesus, you know, that was, as I said, eight, nine years ago. In that eight, nine years, she's been to Germany twice, been all over England, um, playing in the Irish League, is on, on the, uh, the Irish development squad. Um, it's been brilliant for her, you know? So I, um, I got involved with the club then, obviously, because, you know, Jade was involved. Um, and the club now, the Rebel Wheeler's Club, has about 50, 60 families. Um, so we are double champions in, in senior basketball. Won won tr- the triple last year. They won the double in the last season played, and and, and we're in the final of of, of the second cup. Um, senior basketball. We have junior basketball uh, club as well. We have a boccia uh, We have athletics. Um, Jesus, if I forget Anthony, I'll be shot. Um, we have, and then we have our Saturday morning club, where where we bring you know Saturday morning generally is for kids, kind of. You know five to twelve and that's where you introduce them to, to sports and I tell you it's, it's it's brilliant you know um I you know I'm not so much involved now with Saturday morning because you know Jade has, has grown out of it um
1: yeah.
2: but it's, it's just amazing to see you know your you kids coming in there who you know, who've had a tough start you know they all have some sort of some level of a physical disability um mm-hmm. and you know, if it's a child that has a physical disability will have a tough couple of years, especially, you know, at the start, a lot of hospital visits, a lot of, you know, physio, occupational therapy, and, you know, parents generally are quite protective of them coming in. Um, but what, you know, what we do on Saturday morning is we, 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 you know, we try to bring the kids out of their shells, you know, play games like Duck, Duck, Goose, and what time is it, Mr. Wolf, just to get them vocalizing, you know? Um and It's just it's amazing, it really is It's so rewarding to see that transformation in, in these kids, you know. Um, that they just find themselves, um, and, and grow their confidence, you know. Um, and I mean, you know, the kids that were there originally now, you know, when, when Jade started, you know, they these guys now are going, you know, on the Irish under basketball team. You know, as I said, Jade is, is on the Irish um, development squad. We've lads gone off to you know, um, athletics events. In, in the, the, the IWAS games, which is kind of a level just below the, the world's, the Olympics, you know, kind of a, a getting gold mm. medals, silver medals, you know, um, but, you know, the other, the rugby now, I'd be, I grew up with Jade on a Monday night um, and help out, you know, um, sitting to chair regularly, like, and it's just, it's a tonic, you know, I mean, you know, we'll all complain about using me back and me toe and the ankle and this, you know, um, you know, and these lads are, and girls, you know, they're living, with, with physical disabilities and you know they just get on with life you know they are just they're they're an inspiration and, and you know they'd be, they'd be killing me to hear me saying this about them because they'd say Shut, yeah you know we just we're living our lives and that's the yeah. the biggest credit to them is they're getting on and living their lives you know um but it's brilliant i tell you if, if anyone that ever wants to be a coach should get involved because you see you know yeah, you can see the little incremental improvements, you know, especially for a child that's just starting off, you know, and that reward and how they're happy to be able to just push across a room or catch a ball and throw a ball, you know. Sometimes we forget that as coaches, you know, it's about the fun and the joy and, and just being yeah. able to do those little things first.
1: So, um was, these are just some quick fire questions that we ask all our guests now every week. So about five or six quick questions. First thing that comes to mind. Um, so I'll just start there now. so here we have it. who in your time now so far who's the biggest messer in the dressing room
2: oh geez there's a team in the last seven weeks and it? it's I'm, I'm not going to change a, a winning philosophy here <laughs> Emmet and, and Hennessy um, they're just yeah. <laughs> you just couldn't relax with the two of them around the place because you just don't know what they were going to be up to next um, yeah. but good guys good guys but yeah complete masters <laughs>
1: We'll talk more about this afterwards, but who is the player that you hated to mark in training?
2: Oh, well, um, well, there's a few fellas I've had a few run-ins with, so I suppose we'll leave them off the list. But uh, John Wiseman was one fellow I hate marking, um, because John just never stops bloody moving. Um, he, he's just a nightmare. He just does not let you rest. Um, Basically, anyone that's faster than me. So that's half the team, you you know, at this stage. But uh, <laughs> but, but no, I, I've marked John a few times in training and he's just, he's, he's a pain. He's a pest to mark. His, his movement is, is good, you know.
3: Uh, we were we were shooting the breeze of a Jew uh, yesterday, Dermot, and is it true that you had a run-in with a member of the pointcast team here in training one evening? Could, could you maybe shed some I, light I, on that? I,
2: I, I, I have no recollection of what you're talking about, I, um, <laughs> Cormac. No, no idea. No idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <coughs> <Not> right, <Judy. laughs> Jeez, I,
4: I remember it, Carmar. Uh, it was. Um, I think it was when Shaw McIlenny had the team. It was fairly intense back in those days, and just competition for places well, and stuff. Fairly, yeah. Uh, next in the ball, yeah. two was on the ground. We both got up, and there was punches flowing and everything, and it was like no ball around. Uh, <laughs> we we didn't have a, We didn't have a I pint of score like, that uh, night, Dermot.
2: Uh, I don't think we got too thick over it. Uh, <laughs> too, too thick. Oh, yeah, man, look, you know, training tra- is a preview be... to a match. You know. So. Yeah, know.
4: Gemma got number four, and I yeah. got number seventeen. So after true. that, it was grand. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Very good. Oh, nice.
2: Dini, you're in good. Sorry, Kean, in Go on. First you probably won't be the last. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, no, this. I'm glad you can bury the hatchet on the podcast now
2: that's, that's good but, um, but,
1: Keane, but as you mentioned earlier Keane he
4: couldn't play hurling he got I got more scores than him in hurling anyway yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Uh, so Doris, who was a player that you wanted on the pitch for the close matches
2: Oh, I suppose. Look, there's a, there's a couple of lads there. I mean, again, I've been listening to the, to, to the podcast, and and people have brought up Brendan O'Hearn, you know, and, and, and without a doubt, you want Brendan on any team you're playing on. Um, but when you're when you when you're in the full back line, where, where I spend most of my time, um, you know, you're you're very exposed, and and you know, Sean O'Hearn was just a, a rock in there full back, you know. Um, I I don't know how he does it even to this day, um, but he is he is impossible to get around, you know. Um if he if he's he just makes himself so big and so bloody awkward, you know. Um Sean is just and, and just, you know, anywhere in the field. But um Sean, Brendan, um then who else there? McQuinlan was another lad, you know, especially in the in the back line. Um you know when, when Mick was in in the full-back line, which, uh, you know, you always knew, you know, even if, if the corner forward got past you, Mick was so fast, he'd be back across from these other side to, to cover you know. Um, but, yeah, them, them two lads, I suppose, them three or four lads there, especially, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm, p- I'm picking the backs because everyone talks about the forwards, you know, the, the glory hunters, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, match, the match is, 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 is won or lost in, in, in the backs, you know, so I, I, I shout for the backs tonight.
1: Um, last quick fire one, Dormick. Last one is just a two-part one. I suppose you kinda of answered this. You answered the first part. No, but I'll ask a different way. So who were who was the best player that you played with on the team? And who was the most underappreciated that you feel might have slipped under the radar for their hard work? Ooh,
2: the best player. Um since I'm around so long, there's been a lot of them. Um I mean in in those early years, um, Declan McElhenny was just an outstanding footballer. You know, he he just he just had a touch of class about him. Um, you know, he was he was probably coming to the end of his career when, when I when I started playing, but he was just, you know, he just some fellas just have it, and, and Declan had it. Um, hmm. I suppose in in, in later years, um, a, a fella who who I wish we we would gotten younger and and held on to was was Mick McGinn. He was just another. Outstanding athlete, outstanding footballer. Um, mm. I mean, the three begins. In fairness, you know, um, the three of them, Brendan, Robbie, and, and Mick, were just. They were such an asset to us. You know, they really drove on the the team um, when they came into it into into the team. Um, mm.
4: Three three great players, three truly nice, three real nice lads as well. You know, and three different types of players. <laughs>
3: And I think Dermot, just to, and all the heads are nodding as you were naming those players. So I think uh, you know we're all in agreement there. But uh, during the week, our research team was out talking to our, the podcast listeners, um, just in <laughs> prep for this for this interview, and a consistent a, a consistent theme was coming through. And this follows on from from the McGinn brothers. There was a legendary event that was held up in Ross Common. Some <laughs> might call it a, 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 some some might call it a team building weekend. Um, and uh, we keep hearing none of the Pinecasters, no, D- Dini, um or myself, or Keen, we're at unfortunately we're at that. But we, we've heard great stories. Um, so perhaps you might tell us one or two about that weekend, particularly a famous speech that kind of. Parallel something <laughs> Bevaleira would do. Um, that that was that was made by one of the McGinn brothers. Can you oh, shed some light on that?
2: Okay, can, can. We um <laughs> we, we we all gathered in the country Square probably about I don't know four o'clock on a Friday to head to Roscommon, and uh, it must have been I'd say half eleven by the time we actually got up there. So we, we rocked up and um it into Jerry Fitzmaurice's pub in Banlaw and. Uh, right I walked in the door and normally Jerry's pub would be you know, packed on a Friday night and, and the place was empty. Um, so Jerry says, Oh, it's, it's, it's one of the lads 21st across the way. So the cross the way was the, the hotel across the way. So in we rock anyway, in, in, into the white house, into the 21st. And I was meeting up with a lot of the lads, obviously I grew up with and, and, and played ball with when I was up there. And the lads, you know, being the quiet lads started mingling and, and getting to, to know the local lads. And, not a bother on them. Next thing, this complete silence, and there's Brendan McGinn up on the stage with the microphones, saying, "Lads, we are up here to play ye tomorrow, and we will give ye hell." Blah blah blah. <laughs> You're like Jesus Christ, McGinn. What are you at? <laughs> I, I don't even recall what he said, but it was just—it was brilliant. It was just—it was priceless. Uh, but um, yeah, we, we we ended up. Uh, Thank you very yeah,
3: you made you made a big mistake in your in your preparation and your logistics. You scheduled the match for the evening um, of the following day, which was kind of like a schoolboy error when it comes to these weekends away. So um, I, I believe the lads did a, a warm up session in the local pub before the match. Is that true?
2: Well, you know, I had I was you know I was like the, the the general in the morning saying, "Right lads, we're not going on the piss. We're going to take this game seriously." You know, I've I've you know I can't be bringing up a bunch of masters and and. I'd say that lasted till about 10 past 11. That I made the speech at 11. Um, and, uh, so, the, but, but has, has is a small enough town, you know, but there's, there's about, well, there used to be about 13 or 14 pubs in it and about three shops, you know, it was that kind of country town. And sure, the lads the lads started off with a rock shandy and sure became one Bulmers and then two Bulmers. But in fairness, you know, they they they, they behaved reasonably well, like, you know, Um and we went down and we played the game and we were going fine and until they realized that um, our keeper might have had one or two too many and, and couldn't see the ball coming down over his head. And so they started raining balls in, and I think we conceded about four goals in about five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> who, who, who was
4: in goal, Dermot?
2: Uh, I, I, I won't name anybody. They know who they are. <laughs> but no, nah, it, was, it, was, it was a great weekend. Yeah. Um, that there, there are some legendary stories about that weekend now which are not suitable for, for, for the um, public area <laughs> <Yeah>. but uh, <laughs> good crack good crack good crack good stuff
4: well that's been excellent Dermot it's been a, a trip down memory lane for some of the lads who have been in a, I'd say they never, they've never been back to Roscommon again maybe some of those lads were up there the first time but you know, talking <laughs> to their you know from how we ended up in Cork how you ended up in Rappihen, which is, I guess, two different stories in itself. Um, fabulous insights to the wheelchair rugby and the wheelchair basketball. Um, we didn't get, to, you know, we did mention a little bit about how tenacious you were on the pitch, and you know, it's disappointing that you tried to strike some of your own teammates down in training. But look, that's what happens, I guess. <laughs> you know, yeah. I never
2: laid a hand on anybody, did he? Did he? I never laid the, the first hand.
3: <laughs> Couldn't you so, run fast enough? Uh, I think the three the. Yeah, the three point oh. casters have, have still marks marks on their bodies to prove that you did German uh, yeah. we're all scarred from it <laughs>